I'm just going to bring you up, Terrence. Terrence Moore is the senior pastor at Kairos International Church up in, are you guys gathering in Menominee Falls still? No, okay. So, hold on. Let's welcome Terrence Moore. Terrence Moore, come on up here. Okay, okay. So one of the great gifts of this last year and a half has been my relationship with Terrence and um, growing in a relationship with a number of brothers around the city who are brothers in the gospel, who are um, leading ch the church and who, are, who dream about the gospel coming alive in the city of Milwaukee. Last year, we had this thing, if you remember, when George Floyd was murdered mm -hmm. and all sorts of us pastors kind of galvanized and, and really kind of said, how can we partner together more? How can we collaborate more? And that has been the, possibly the most exciting thing, in my, like pastorally. Yeah, absolutely. That I, can re that I can think of. I mean, Terrence, you and I growing together, learning from one another, absolutely. growing in love has been just a gift to me. So I'm just sharing this with you guys. I get this privilege of having my friend Terrence preach to us, preach to me. How is, how is Kairos doing? What's the, you guys are virtual, right? Right. You know what? I have to give a lot of props to you because um, in many cases, you spoke out when many others wouldn't. And I have said this on social media, especially as it related to, relates to social injustice. You were one of the white pastors who used his voice and position to say, you know what, what is going on is wrong. Mm -hmm. And many, many others just didn't do it and they were scared to do it. Mm -hmm. But your voice was loud. Mm -hmm. You represent, even right now, what Christ would do. Mm -hmm. When we used to ask, what would Jesus do? Yeah, right, right. What he did, called it out, no matter what it is, whatever the cost is, and I appreciate you. You're more than a brother to me. Yeah. I mean, you are, uh, you're, you're just like, we're, we're tied. Yeah. We're tied yeah. together. And um, I just appreciate what you, what you represent in the body of Christ. Um, Kairos, yes, we, are, we have our place. We share a facility in Menominee Falls. Uh, but right now, we are still virtual. And God has not led us to make plans to go back into the building. Mm -hmm. um, I, we've been praying about this. And... And he's saying stay, stay online, so that is what he is saying to Kairos. I know everyone else is doing a lot of other things, but we are committed to do what God is saying for this body. Amen. So we're going to um, just remain on, um, online until he says otherwise. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep, amen. I mean, um, another thing that's exciting to me is we live in a city that's the most segregated city in the nation. Oh, my gosh, yes. Right? I mean, you're from South Carolina, right? South Carolina. I mean, you... you the you South. can t see. Oh, oh I, I hear. I, I hear you. Here we go, man. We have the South representing. All right, all right. You you can see the, you can see the reality in the city of Milwaukee. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And Clear. church church reflects that in the city of Milwaukee. I mean, and around that the is nation. So unfortunate. Right. And so what we get to do is just collaborate together and enjoy one another and grown relationship together and see, say, ask Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in the church? Mm -hmm. Not in the black church in Milwaukee, not right. in the white church in Milwaukee, the in the church, church in Milwaukee. In the body right? of Christ. So yes. this is just what we're trying to figure out. This is what the body of Christ looks like. Right, right. Amen. This is what That's it looks right. like. Yep. And, pl and plus more, and, many shades. And also, no Dallas Cowboys today. Not today, I'm but it's in my heart. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just turned like half the, half the congregation. They're like, you know what? <laughs> But before you leave, make sure you give, though. 
<laughs> okay, all right. So this summer we've been going through this sermon series called The Way of Jesus. And the, the, what we've been thinking about is how it's easy for us to say we believe in Jesus. And I want to get from Jesus what he's got to give me, which is eternal life. But not too few of us walk in the way of Jesus. We actually don't pay attention to Jesus in the Gospels. And so we've been going yeah, through the sure. Sermon on the Mount. And Terrence, you're going to bring us further into Matthew 5 I and sure bring will. us into that way of Jesus, right? I sure will. All right, let's go. I'm going to stop talking. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Hello, Bruce City. Hello. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. A minute. I'm sorry. That, that was kind of weak. See, I know your pastor. And see, he can get loud. Don't let the quiet demeanor sometimes fool you. No. I know the leader, and I know what he represents, and I know the, the, the body and where, who he shepherds is a representation of the leader. So, what's up, Bruce City? Woo! Oh, that's better. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The excitement. I just want to give honor to where honor belongs, and that is on Randy. And we all know not behind every great man is a great woman, but besides every great man is a great woman, and that is Lady Sarah. Much, much appreciated. I've been married for 28 years. I know my role. I cannot say, hey, oh, you are so awesome, and it's like, no, no, we are so awesome, and you know I make you. And the reason why that, and I am not ashamed to say that, to my wonderful wife, Dr. Cheryl Moore, who is our teaching pastor as well at the Cairo City National Christian Church. And right beside her is my oldest, Joshua Moore, and my youngest, Terrence Jr. It is great to be here with you all. Again, I'm excited about, I, I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a visitor. I feel like, hey, I'm family. I'm, you know, I just, I'm just coming to the barbecue. So uh, the barbecue is the word of the Lord, and, you know, I heard and I read about the baptism and the picnic, and, you know, where there's food, there will be Terrence. So, so you all might see me. Our service is right at 1130, so don't get upset if I just come, snatch some food, and leave, you know. So, um, but I I'm being, you know, family. <laughs> We're going to go straight to the word of the Lord. We are going to Matthew chapter 5. I'm coming from Matthew 5, 21 through 26, and it reads, You have heard that our ancestors were told, You must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Man, that hurts right there. But I, if you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. I had, when I read that again, I had to go, Lord, I'm sorry, because I didn't call folk idiots many a time. And then I go, but Lord, they deserve it. But he wasn't trying to hear me. <laughs> and if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you are suddenly remembered that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on your way to the court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely will be, won't be free until you have paid the last penny. Father, the word is blessed. 
Thank you for choosing me on this day to deliver to your people. I am your humble servant. I am your representation. I am your mouthpiece. Terrence is gone. Speak your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Murder. Murder, she wrote. Murder is the case they gave me. Murder, murder, murder. And we sometimes think that when we're talking about murder, we're talking about the physical death, homicide. But what happens when your mouth murders someone's character? What happens when your mouth murders the integrity of someone else? What happens when your mouth actually sabotages your own purpose? Your mouth and your tongue is very powerful. We cannot think that God is going to bless us when we sing his praise and pray his, pray his holy name. And then we turn around and say, you know what? I can't stand Lady Sarah. She get on my nerve. She's just supporting her husband, Randy. I don't know what's wrong with them. I can't stand pastor because he, he didn't agree with what I wanted to, wanted to do. And I wanted to do something else. And here he's telling me to do something else. I, can't, and I hate my, my cousin because he or she said something to me. And I'm going to tell auntie them. I'm going to tell uncle. I'm going to tell the other cousins in New York, the Caribbean. I'm going to tell all about because they made me upset. And I don't like the fact that I want somebody on my side to recognize that they hurt me. I need somebody to back me up because I was hurt. And until somebody does, I'm going to continue to assassinate their character. I'm going to continue to bring division in the family. I'm going to bring division in my work, among my coworkers, because how is it that he or she just got hired a month ago or even six months ago, and I've been here for five years, and they get a promotion. How did they do that? Why is that? That's not fair. So we continue to assassinate. Oh, they think they all of that, huh? Because they must be buddies with the manager. They must be in cahoots with the supervisor. Or, uh-oh, they must be sleeping with the boss. There's always something, but we don't want to look at ourselves. Is it us? Is it the fact that that person is really doing the work and you're not? You are a talker, but you're not a doer. And we, as the body of Christ, has to be more doers than talkers. Because if you really think about it, even people look at us and follow us and judge us, not by what we say, but by what we do. And what we do is very important. So our tongue cannot murder our fellow believers. Our tongue cannot murder our families. Our tongue cannot murder our co-workers. Is it me, O oh Lord, really, who stands in the need of prayer? And even during this, in this uh, reference, the Bible references in this section, a lot of it hinders on anger. But I also hear the word pride mixed in this scripture as well. You know, pride has prevented reconciliation and wholeness and healing. People would rather hold something in 
be emotional, psychological, and manifested physical pain than to admit that they were wrong about a person or a situation. Am I talking to someone? I know, because I feel that. Oh my gosh. Pride comes before destruction. The spirit of pride is so strong in people's lives that when destruction even come in their lives, they would hold on to it and watch their family and friends suffer through it than to be liberated in their totality through the simple aspect of truthfulness and transparency. We have to get rid of pride. Pride is a silent killer. Where is pride in the work and the walk of Christ? In addition to pride, we must deal with anger or being angry. Then if we really start thinking about why we are angry, we may realize that we are not even angry at the source of the issue. It may be that we're angry at the manifested fruit of the issue. For example, are we really mad or angry about masks, vaccinations, business closings, schools, in-house worship services being disrupted? Are we really, or are we really mad and angry at the fact that there is a virus that has mutated over 20 times in the past two years and no one is willing to tell the truth of its origin? How long the global leaders have actually known about it or how the psychological and emotional effect it is taking on God's people. We are angry because no one won't tell us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because no one wants to take responsibility or be held accountable for allowing or even funding this pandemic. I said it, I sure did. We are angry at the pharmaceutical companies that are making billions off of, of a pandemic in which we have no true answers. We are angry because we are seeing a very flawed medical system that has cost many of us money but won't even save the least of these. We are one of the most advanced countries in the world, but we won't even offer free medical health care because we are so concerned who's going to pay for it I'm concerned about the soul that it could save. This is the truth. What is true currency? What is, because you, you, we don't know, because if we present the gospel to the body of Christ, to the least of these, maybe not only can they be healed, but they also have, we are also in, um, in integrated into a medical system that's changing it from the inside out and say, look, you are making a billions and billions of dollars. What does it take to go to the corner and, and go to neighborhoods and do body checks, wellness checks, blood pressure, um, blood, blood uh, testing? What is it going to take? You're making money hand over fist. What is it going to take? Is it, is it that important that you would rather see people die than to see people live? That's what we're really angry about. We're angry about a flawed system. If we are starting to be so convinced and convicted about how something is going to be paid for, then we are no better than the pharmaceutical companies that have put a price tag on people's lives. 
How is that Christian? How is that kingdom? When Jesus went to the temple and turned over the tables, he was angry because the truth of his father's house was being misrepresented. The people in power have allowed the lie that the place of deliverance can also double for Mayfair Mall. That's the reality. That's what they were saying. Worship and BOGO. Buy one, get one half price. That's the same place. Praise and pay. Dance and discount. All in the same place. That's what Jesus was saying. You cannot flip my house of worship. You are a den of thieves because you're robbing the truth from the people of God as to why and the purpose of this temple. Right now, even though we're outside, this is a wallless temple. This is where we should be as often as possible, out in the open, in the midst of God's creation, touching creation, touching creation. That is something, my God, I'm inside. Just the fact that billions of years ago, this grass was already created in the mind of God, and God knew that I created this first, and I am going to call, I am going to allow the greatest creation I have made to touch another creation. I mean, that is powerful in itself. He knew that. So you have to understand how integral we are in the plan of God, and that's why we really have to walk this thing in all truth and transparency. The, re the reality of it is, excuse me, is that truth disrupts unrighteousness. Mm, mm, mm. The truth brings hidden things to light. The truth brings order. The truth liberates us from being ignorant of God's purpose in our lives. The truth takes us from a lower level of thinking, a lower level of vibration and frequency, to a higher level of awareness in God. It takes us to the level of the mind of Christ. We have to understand that we have the ability to walk as Jesus walked, naturally and in divinity. That's who we are. We are angry because the truth of who we are have been hidden from us. We can't righteously be angry at the wrong thing. Remember, stop being angry at the fruit of an issue. We have to be angry at the thing that's really causing us the, uh, the problem. We're, we're mad at the wrong people and the wrong thing. This is, let me tell you something. If you want to be mad, instead of being, being angry at people, start being angry at principalities in high places, yeah. demons and imps. We are angry at the person that's carrying out their will, but we're not focusing on the spirit realm. We're too busy focused on the natural realm. I'm so focused on the flesh. I'm so focused on this envelope. I'm just so focused on this skin. Every time I see this skin, this hair, this representation, we're not looking and discerning that there's a spirit that is manipulating that person 
that is causing that person to cause harm, to cause hurt, to cause division. But we, 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 we just begin to be angry at that person. And sometimes that person don't even have a clue as to why they're angry or why they're acting that way. Being angry to the point where it brings harm to yourself and others does not resolve the main issue. Being angry at someone is not worth the emotional capital. Being angry at someone doesn't even really make you feel better. And it does not make the offender come any closer to reconciling with you. To be clear, I'm not referencing about being angry at a system that causes injustice or harm, but I'm talking about a sinful anger that wells up on the, in the depths of us that as we ourselves, we, have, we ourselves don't even know why we feel this way. When we are angry at people, we have to really ask ourselves, do they even know why I'm angry at them? Do they even know that I'm angry? Do they even, are, are they even aware or given the opportunity to make things right? We have to really hold ourselves accountable first before we hold others accountable. We have to start taking some personal responsibility for our actions. Did this person really cause that to me? Or really was it a mistake or a bad judgment that I made? And as a result, it caused that. It's hard for us to really accept uh, we were wrong. How many, and let's be honest, because I, I will, I, I will I'll call you out. How many of you can easily say, I can admit when I'm wrong? All right, see, if, if you just kind of lifting your hand up like that, you know you're lying, right? <laughs> Let, let's just call that. Let's just call it. Me? No, you're lying. You know it's, you don't like me, no. Raise your hand, honestly, because you should be, you know that you are at a level where that you can look at yourself and admit that you're wrong after you've caused commotion. You can come out of that and say, you know what, that was my bad. It, 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 so raise your hand high. See, that's honest. And I want to tell you something. In the body of Christ, Every person should be able to have the ability to raise their hand to say, you know what, I have no problem with admitting I'm wrong. Can you imagine how much harm that you've caused because you won't admit that you were wrong? Do you know how many marriages have been destroyed? How many friendships have been destroyed? How many church splits have been uh, occurred and how many people have turned away from the body of Christ because the body of Christ, Christians, won't say, you know what, that was my bad. That it was my fault. You know what, I was wrong. I thought you said this, but I didn't realize. I understood, thi I understood this, but I was wrong. Uh, uh, I said this about, what's your name? Stephanie, I said this, Stephanie, I said this about you because I thought, because, what, what's your name? Marianne. Because what Marianne said about you. And I believe Marianne more than I believed you. 
and I don't even know you. But I assume that Marianne knew you because, as we would say, Marianne had your name in, your, in her mouth all the time. So I've had a judgment. I place an opinion about you based on somebody else. And I'm angry at Stephanie for no reason. Why? Because she and, Ste she and Marianne got, got into it. Now, I'm mad, too, because she's mad. And if she's mad at Stephanie, I'm mad at... Well, I don't even know Stephanie. I don't even know your last name. But I'm mad at you. And this is occurring in the body of Christ. And that is reckless. And we wonder why people do not want to come to church. Because we don't even represent Christ. We want to follow Christ, but we want to follow him when it's convenient. When Christ, when we're talking about, oh, the Lord is going to bless you. Oh, yeah, we want to follow then. But when it comes to correction and, and obedience and, and doing the things that he has actually called us to do, we have an excuse. We have a reason. See, what had happened was, well, the reason why, and, you know, and, you know, and, and then, you know, and, and Lord, I know that I shouldn't, I'm, I'm going to touch on something. I shouldn't be fornicating, Lord, but I love her. I love him. And I know this is, you said not to do that until marriage, but, Lord, you don't understand, I have needs. Because, see, you are spirit, and you don't understand this flesh that you put me in. You did this to me. You caused all these hormones to go in overdrive. And I haven't been with anyone all these years. And I need my loving. But there is righteous loving and unrighteous loving. And how do we represent the body of Christ when we are not even following him in that area of conquering the flesh? Those are convictions that we conveniently forget in the time of not need, but want. And we get angry with God with all these types of things. We get angry at Pastor Randy because he's teaching it. We get angry at, at, at Lady Sarah before supporting that. We get angry at everybody, at the elders and other people who are saying this is the right, this is the life. And, but we're saying, well, culture says culture can't get you into heaven. But I guarantee your culture can send you to hell. And oh, we outside in the air and just sucked up. Because truth disrupts unrighteousness. We have to understand that, look, all this anger that we have toward people and God, all this is just negative energy. Why do we need negative energy? What is the point of fostering negative energy because all anger does is multiply negativity. Why do we have negative people in our space? Because we're negative. Why do we have prideful people in our space? Because we're prideful. Why do we have angry people in our space? Because we're angry. We're drawing everybody that's just like us. And we have to start looking at, wait a minute, if I want to change the world, I need to start with me. I need to change my environment. Because anger and negativity is not, does not profit the believer. Anger will multiply negativity, like I said, in your life. 
and will cause you to be blindness to righteousness, will cause you to be blind to godly judgment. Anger is a negative emotion that will cause the believer to make unwise decisions based on emotion and not discernment. Anger will actually block your destiny path. Anger will have you act or react in such a way that is inappropriate at the wrong time. The longer you hold on to anger, it will continuously take territory over your heart. It will take territory over your spirit. It will take territory over the very being. And next thing you know, the enemy and anger and negativity will now have ownership of you. The longer you hold anger, the devil will now move from a month-to-month tenant to a yearly tenant to now he has ownership of your soul because you never dealt with anger. You never dealt with the negativity. And when you, have, when you allow the spirit of anger and negativity to ruin and run your life, when somebody finally comes into your space to love you unconditionally, you won't even recognize it. You can't recognize that, Lord, I've been waiting for the right man. I've been waiting for the right woman. But I've had all this pent-up anger on the inside of me. And they can't even recognize the love that I want to give because all they pick up and discern is anger and negativity. So why would a man be drawn to a negative or angry female? Why would a female want to be be drawn to an angry or negative man? What is the point? And you'll be unfulfilled and you still will be mad at God. God, you promised me a mate. God, you promised me promotion. God, you promised me finance for my building. God, you promised me finance for my business. God, you said that you're going to bring my family together. And God is saying, uh, you're the problem. You are bringing division and all this negativity that's on the inside of you. Who want to be around you? That does not even look like Christ. It is not even a reflection of Jesus. Really, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. Sinful anger is a powerful emotion that the body of Christ cannot afford to entertain. This type of anger can come from envy, jealousy, insecurity, fear, stress, anxiety, inadequacy, low self-esteem, not seeing the Christ within you. And right now, people are angry because they're told what to do. Anger can be so powerful that it can become uncontrollable. The damage behind it can sometimes cause relationships to be irreparable. Anger also manifests physically. It can cause and decrease metabolism, eyesight, increase migraines and headaches, decrease bone density, increase blood, uh, blood pressure, increase blood pressure, judge and, and, and hinder righteous judgment. Memory can be lost, 
increase of heart rate, respiratory rate, which infects your lungs. And what does COVID affect? Your lungs. It affects your lungs. Anger chips away at the body's defenses. Let me say that again. I'm going to say it over here because you all are listening. <laughs> Anger will tear your body up. It will tear your lungs up. The body has its natural defenses. But when we discontinue to harbor and be angry, that just tears down all those natural defenses. And now we have to start wondering, wait a minute, did I test positive for COVID because I had the virus or because of all this unaddressed anger? See, y'all. Pastor, Pastor, I want you to raise your hand and wave it behind you because they're, they're because I think I hit a nerve somewhere over here. We'll talk to the middle. Is our, is our health being affected by our anger? Is it really by the things we eat? Yes. Is it by our bad habits? Yes. But it's also because of negative energy from anger. And we're being judged by that. Our body is judging us. Hey, you need to get rid of that. People don't even know why they're angry. Something that was done 10, 20 years ago, they've forgotten what they had. Why were we angry? Why am I angry? And we don't deal with it. So a lot of the things that we are dealing with, is it? physical or is the fact that we're not addressing the things that we really need to address. Think about someone who made you angry for the past five years. That same someone has hurt you and made you feel worthless. Imagine them walking in this service right now. Ooh, that, I felt that one. I mean, this person just took you way to the left, the right, the up and the down, and here they come walking in service. And you know what we would do? We would say, by time God get them. <laughs> by time, because I've been waiting for this for five years. I've been waiting for this. That's right. God finally got them a cause. And not only that, God caused them to come to my church <laughs> so I can see. And they come to the altar, and they're asking, they're lifting up their hands, and, and they recognize what they've done. And you're saying that you're sitting right in, the, right in your seats right there. Mm -hmm, get them, God. Get them. I've been waiting for this. And God says, go pray for them. What? Pastors up there. The elders are up there. Let them do that. No, I want you to go up there and pray for them. Right now, we are having a battle with God. You know, like, you know, God is, is, God is not on, this, on a smart train, apparently. God doesn't know everything. God, you know how they hurt me. 
Like he doesn't know that. That's why he said, that's why I want you to go pray for them. That's exactly why. And then I want you to give them $50. Whoa, wait a minute. Hold up. Look. Father, I love you. I love this church. I love, I thank you for all the blessings that you have given me. And I thank you how you have protected me through the pandemic. And, and one, you, you said to go pray for them. And, you know, it took, me, it took me a while to get there. But now you want me to empty my pockets? Oh, no. I can't do that. Imagine. We are willing to disobey God over $50. We are willing to be in rebellion to God's command over $50. That is how you see your life in the life of that soul. We need to really repent for the, th- for the self-righteousness that is in us because we couldn't release the anger that this scripture talks about that's going to bring judgment in our lives. Do you understand one or two things? This person had no idea that they offended you. So you were mad for no reason. Because they didn't know what the reason is. You had a reason, but they didn't know what it was, so thus you had no reason. Or this person didn't know, because remember, about three-fourths of you won't admit when you're wrong. This person also may not have the capacity to come to you to say, I was wrong. You're in the body. So are we really the body or are we really just watchers of the body? Are we really actively being the body of Christ because of anger and unrepentance and and all these negativity things? Are we really, are we, are we really Christ? Can we say when when, when somebody looks at me, they see Jesus. And not just on Sunday from 10 to 12. Can they see Jesus after the benediction? Can they really see you and, and, and see him in his fullness in your life? Because people are watching when you're blessed and when you're down. People are watching. How are you going to handle this? How are you going to deal with this? We've had even situations in our church where that we've had leaders fall and the people were like, I need to see how he's going to handle this because I don't know how to do it. But I read it in the Bible. I read articles. I read stories online. But I don't have a real visual of what that looks like. So people are watching the reconciliation process. They're watching how you're making things back into right standing. They're watching you go from unrighteousness to righteousness because they need to see how this thing looks. And when they see that you have fallen and you have been trying to get up and your legs are weak because you start recognizing how many people you've hurt because of your anger, you start recognizing how many people you offended, sometimes you don't even want to get up because the shame of it all comes. But people 
need to see the God that is in you. They need to see the Jesus that is on the inside of you. They need to see that you understand the wrong that you've done. Go to people, say, I was wrong. I said something wrong. I did something wrong. I said something inappropriate, and I mean it, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. Now, you don't have to forgive me, but I'm just asking for your forgiveness, and please forgive me. I am sorry. I repent to you. People need to see your progress because we will be high and we will fall low, but we don't want to get back up. Watch the get up. Watch the rebuild because something's going to happen to you when you see somebody else do it because now you're going, you know what? I'm in that same situation. Now I know how to get back up. Now I know how to get out of this thing. Now I know how to, I now I know how to because I, you don't know how much of an example you're being because people are watching you. We have to release anger. We have to release negativity. And I want to pray for those who have been hurt and angry at people and angry with themselves for the things that have been done. I want you to stand to your feet and say, you know what, I need prayer because I got some anger issues and I have some pride issues. I want you to stand because I'm going to break something in here. Stand. Oh, Pastor Randy said that I have time. And I'm calling every spirit that does not want to come unto the subjection of the power of God. You be destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. It is time for cycles to be broken, generational cycles to be destroyed in the name of Jesus. We come against the principality of pride that make people not want to stand and be seen that they were wrong. We come against the spirit and principalities of pride in the name of Jesus. We come against every prideful spirit, every deceitful spirit that is causing people not to stand and admit the truth of themselves. You are not too big for God's correction. Come on, stand. Oh, I see a lot of pride spirits. You know why I can see a lot of pride, proud spirits? Because I was, proud, I was a proud and prideful person for years that almost wrecked my marriage. Continue to stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. There are people who are willing to put down their own perception of greatness because they're saying, you know what? I'm tired of offending. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being this way. I'm tired of offending. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being angry with my spouse. I'm tired of being angry with my mother. I'm tired of being angry at my father. I'm tired of being angry for the people who have hurt me. I'm tired of being angry. God, I need this to be released out of my life. I need deliverance. I'm tired of being angry at the bullies at school, at work. I'm tired of people bullying me and hurting me online. I'm tired of this anger. I don't want to live like this any longer. I want to be free. Yes. 
I want to be my authentic and true self. I want to be like Christ. I'm, I'm still sensing God is saying, I want some, I want some more. I, I want some more. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm, believe, just, I'm hearing God because God wants deliverance in the body. Thank you. Thank you. God is not playing. Lives are at stake. Do you understand that by your simple admittance, what God will do in your family and in your life? Because you're releasing that. I'm sensing about three or four, four more people. I'm sensing that don't, don't fight against the purpose of God in your life. Don't fight, against, don't fight against God's divine purpose in your life. Thank you. Don't fight against it because you are fighting a losing battle. You can't win against God and God's purpose. Because when you are angry, you're destroying yourself. You're not hurting anyone except you. Bless you. How much more hurt do you want to experience? How much are you going to let your pride tell you it's okay to be angry? It's okay to be negative. It's okay to blame and point the finger. It's okay. It's fine to blame other people. Why don't you be like Christ? Christ is truth. How can we represent truth and we are not true to ourselves? While you're thinking that people don't know that you have anger issues and you have pride issues, you're mistaken. They know because they've already tasted your venom. They've already been to the other, on the receiving end of your anger. So you're not hiding anything. Why don't we be grown enough in Christ, grown enough in God to say, yes, it's me. I need deliverance. Father, right now, your people who have put pride aside and they're really ready to live in liberty. Release grass hold. We come against every demonic spirit and principality that have plagued them in many cases for generations because that spirit of anger was passed on from parents, the spirit of anger because of insecurity, the spirit of anger because of pride, the spirit of anger. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray ultimate, final deliverance that they will not just have dominion over it, but they will be totally delivered in the name of Jesus. That you are greater than their anger. You are greater than their hurt. You're greater than their negativity. You're greater than their generational curses. You're greater than all negativity. You're greater, uh, greater than every principality and spirit that comes from the depths of hell. You are greater. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we are declaring today 
that the God that is in us is greater and we are walking in positivity. We are walking in deliverance. We are walking in liberation. We are walking in freedom. We are walking in clarity. We are walking in truth. We are walking in transparency. And right now, the enemy, everything has ended. You no longer have my friends, my life, my purpose, my family. You're done. I got delivered today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for saving me on today in the midst of your creation. God, I thank you because I've been waiting for this. I needed this. I've been desiring this. I didn't know what was causing me to react and act like this. Now I recognize it's the anger that has been in me, the negativity that is in me. Why am I drawing angry people, negative people? Because all of that was in me. God, thank you for delivering me today. Thank you for finally bringing it to my forefront so I can finally be at peace. And Lord, thank you for giving me the boldness to go to my family and say, I'm sorry. Thank you for giving me the boldness to go to my coworker and say, I'm sorry. Thank you for giving me the boldness to go to my spouse and say, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. And not just say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Also say, I make a commitment not to do it again. And I am opening my ears and my heart that when I do it again unknowingly, please tell me and I won't be offended. I am ready for accountability. I am ready for correction. I am ready to be able to be teachable in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for loving me enough to deliver me today. Thank you for loving me enough to send your son. Thank you for loving me enough to show me the way of Jesus. Because the only way is Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. I want you to just stand and get everyone to stand and give God glory because over those those three fourths that said, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't say sorry. Most of those three fourths, they stood up. Let's give God a praise for that. That's powerful. That's powerful. That is powerful. And I want to end with this prayer that Jesus will always be Lord. We must always walk in his way, not in our way, in his way. And his way is not always easy, but it's always right. You can't go wrong with Jesus. Truth and transparency, it is the way. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let Bruce City and Cairo say amen, amen, amen. To God be the glory. I love you all. Thank you for having me back.